Hello, college football fans, and welcome to episode 25 of College Football Throwdown. I'm your co-host, Alex Schmitz, and today I'm joined by my dad, Peter Schmitz. Good evening. Yes. We here at Husker Nation have something to celebrate this week. This is the first time in a That's while. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and not just any victory, but a victory over a top 10 team, which is uh, something you hope we can build on. That's right. Yes, well, uh, those of you who listened to, well, first off, last week's podcast was episode 23 for the Nebraska-specific discussion, um, and this now is episode 25. We've done 25 of these uh, college football podcasts now, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. That is cool. Yep, yeah, it's thrown off slightly because we tech, we do two now, you know, one for the national, one for the Nebraska, so like it's been 25 weeks right. or anything, but... well. But uh, we just keep on cl- clipping away here. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the uh, Michigan State-Nebraska game and then as well as previewing the upcoming Rutgers game. Before we get to that, we're going to do our tradition, and I'm going to crack a beverage here. All right. That sounds good. There we go. I'm still uh, a little sleepy and tired from uh, extensive celebratory activity after <laughs> the uh victory yesterday yeah well talking about how we watch the games i of course you know i've been gotten to watch pretty much every single game this season but this time i was taking a trip up to san francisco and i was driving back uh and i was actually the radio i had had a tuned into the lsu alabama game so i was listening to that but i was able to find the nebraska one Learned later that apparently SiriusXM does have a Big Ten channel, but uh, I didn't know that at the time, so uh, I, I missed out on it. I didn't realize it until my sisters started texting me these little reaction pictures, and I got the feeling that uh, we had won. <laughs> well, there you go. Next time, call your dad and ask. <laughs> apparently. Um, so, yeah. So I'm not going to have as much insight on this one because I haven't watched the whole game even still. I did find uh, a clip of it on YouTube and was able to watch the the end of the fourth quarter, you know, kind of see our, our comeback there at the end. Um, right. But uh, going it, last week, obviously, we were rather pessimistic. I mean, it, it, we were we were pretty much resigned to the fact that we were going to, you know, lose – Two, the next two, if not the next three of our last three games of the year, you know, with MSU, Rutgers, and Iowa. Uh, but uh, we somehow pulled off a miracle here, you know. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone was predicting that, even the Nebraska Well, fans. and, you know, it, it's interesting. We, uh, and, and as a result, you know, you have to take a step back and ask yourself, okay, what can we as, as Nebraska fans take from, from this? You know, what is it that... Uh, that this re- victory represents, and it's certainly something you celebrate. You want to have fun with it, and it's not a time to be, you know, critical of everything we still did badly or, or wrong. But but at the same time, you don't want to overreact to it and feel like uh, you you know that this is somehow the beginning of a dramatic shift or change. What we need to see now is a trend. You know, what we haven't seen yet is any consistency of performance from this team. So the question now becomes, can we build on this and use it as the first building block that could lead to something good, you know? But you can't just presume that, oh, 
we've figured out the formula. Finally, you know, Langsdorf has figured out that staying committed to the running game uh, is a good idea because that's that's the thing that you'll uh, you know as you have the opportunity to watch the game, Alex. We you know we didn't we didn't even run for more than 200 yards. I mean, can't remember the exact stat, but it was like maybe 165 or 70 yards that we ran for. But but we stayed committed to it. We we ran with some diversity. We, we ran uh, with Tommy a few times on, a, you know, kind of a power sweep type option uh, uh, situation, especially near the uh, 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 near the end zone. Yeah, uh, you I know, saw Tommy, that one. Tommy scored a couple times, uh, and, you know, or, or moved the ball close a couple times because of that. And, um, and we also ran right at uh, Michigan State, which, you know, that's the heart of what was a great defensive line. And uh, and so you know that reflects two things. We we chose to go with the with our big group. We 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 changed up our offensive line. Uh, one uh, uh, players who had been uh, playing right tackle became right guard, and uh, and that seemed to solidify our ability to to run the football in the middle. And then we went with Amani Cross as our starter, and and did the guy that carried most of the of the running, you know. Right. Uh, to answer your question, we had 179 yards rushing in the game total. Yeah, okay. Um, what's interesting, though, looking at the stats here, you know, we had uh, a total of 33, 33 attempts with passing and 36 attempts with running. So we had a little bit more running than passing, but still pretty close to that 50-50, you know, that we've right. had in a number of our past games as well. Right. We didn't, we didn't run it more. Uh, necessarily than we have in some of the games that we lost. Uh, the, the, the issue was more that we ran it more effectively and we seemed more diverse in how we went about running it, you know, and, and there were fewer, there were more uh, plays where we had a fullback and an eye back in a traditional, you know, quarterback under center type formation and less of these basically what I call naked zone reads where you're handing the ball off and it's a fairly, straightforward uh, read for a linebacker to just fill a hole and tackle your guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they definitely changed up how they ran the football, not so much quantity. And so, uh, but, but obviously you saw the results. And the other thing I would say is um, uh, clearly our game plan was to throw the football a bit because that was going into the game. That was Michigan state's weakness. The assumption was we, we would be able to throw the football against them if we were going to be able to do anything because they had a they had secondary issues, you know. Yeah, their defensive backs were kind of a target for us all night. Yes. Um, going into uh, let's get back to last week, we made our predictions. Um, I predicted okay. a loss forty two to twenty eight. You predicted a loss fifty five twenty one. So we were both wrong, but in this case, I think we can both be happy that we were wrong. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, there, here's the bottom line, and that's why I say I don't want to overreact. You know, uh, there was nothing that we had seen from our team that would have suggested a performance like what we saw. Now, that's the nature of sports. That's the nature of, of young people and, and, and the, the sport of college football. Uh, that how could you ever have predicted that a Nebraska team that was in shambles, both in terms of the physical condition, meaning we had injuries all over the place. You know, we didn't even know uh, what, what the status of our quarterback was going to be for this game. And, and and a team that was coming off a bye week was identified as as healthy as they've been all year 
you know, coming into the game. And uh, uh, so, you know, everything pointed to Michigan State breezing through this game against us, yeah. where we were just not going to be able to stand up to a, a superior team with superior depth and talent across the board with an NFL quarterback, and we're 127th against the pass in the nation. <laughs> I mean, nothing says we're going to win this football game. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, except, I mean, the one thing we talked about last week, I suppose, was that it was at a night game at home and that we mm-hmm. were historically good with night home games, which was a factor, certainly, but and maybe yeah. part of it was also that, like you say, I mean, maybe MSU coasted a little bit at the beginning because they, you know, uh, kind of knew that they were the, the far favorites. Yeah, it could be. It could be that they maybe didn't take us as seriously and thought they were going to come in here and, and, and win fairly comfortably given how poorly we had played. But I can't imagine that that's the case because recall that, that, that Purdue, which, you know, that was the, the horrible loss we had a week ago, uh, was a team that, you know, Michigan State only beat by three points, I believe it was. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, they were severely tested by Purdue. So that shouldn't have been any kind of a, Oh, they're they're nothing to be concerned about. That's true. But bottom line is, is that you that's one. It's sometimes one of the negatives of an open week when you have your buy is you, you you know it's hard to manage that. Do you do you give the guys some time off to give them a break and let them heal up, uh, or by doing so, do you kind of get them out of their sink of of practice and the, the regimen of of the in season football, and all of a sudden they come back and it takes them a while to get going and. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it would appear that taking some time off didn't help uh, Connor Cook because he threw the ball high a great deal in the in the first half. He was he was off, missing open receivers, and almost every one of his balls was high uh, for the better part of the first half. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too looking at the turnover game. Um, we we threw it we threw a pick as we were like driving, gave them the ball, and then. They on that same drive that they got the ball threw a pick and we got the ball back. So those two kind of canceled each other out. They didn't really either result in points. But then we threw a pick right when we were about to score. So we could have been up, you know, by seven more points. Oh right, exactly. No, that's true. That's true. And you know, again, there's a lot to like about what what I saw from Nebraska. I love their effort. The, The players obviously were responding to all the all the negativism that was going on in Nebraska from a fan base standpoint and a, a uh, you know, uh, just people being down on the program, even discussion of just exactly what it would take to buy out, you know, uh, uh, Coach Riley's contract at the end of the year. And as we talked about in the in our previous podcasts, um, you know, we're, we are on this, you know, Mike Riley experiment for at least, at least three years. This guy's going to get, three years to try to get the thing going in the right direction. And I think if he can start to demonstrate that we're moving in the right direction, he's going to get a lot more than three years. But but yeah. the bottom line is he has to show some progress. And that first thing is going to be consistency. Uh, can he now take this victory against the top 10 team? You know, think about that now. now if I can project our dream in the future perfect scenario, uh, we, beat, we beat Rutgers and then ultimately get a week off. We allow ourselves to get healthy. Uh, and then we come back and potentially playing a uh, top 10 ranked Iowa team undefeated 
you know, going for the Big Ten championship game, probably already secured, and uh, they come to Lincoln and play us the day after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That would be an awesome opportunity for Nebraska to, to be, uh, you know, basically, what would that be? That would be four and six against unranked opponents and two and zero oh against top ten po- opponents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, yeah, I, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at um, Iowa's schedule. I for, I know we talked about this before, but I forgot how easy of a schedule they have because they have Minnesota and. Purdue both at home. That's their next two games, and then they play us. So yeah, they right. very easily could be undefeated coming into that game. A- absolutely, and uh, and not, don't get me wrong, they're playing good football. They're a very sound football team, and by no means am I prepared to suggest that we're going to just walk in and easily win that game. But certainly, given our uh, our uh, performance against Michigan State, if we could again build on this and uh, go out and have a very effective uh, game plan and execution against, um, you know, a, a Rutgers team that's kind of struggling, frankly. Um, we might very well be able to put ourselves in a position uh, to make that game on that Friday uh, quite interesting. Yeah. Well, and just from the bit I was watching of the game, though, I mean, I could still, you know, still see some of uh, the problems with our team that we've yeah. seen throughout the year. You know, there was a, on the last drive, you know, the, the play before the touchdown pass was some oh, yeah. uh, should have been a pick you know the guy had it in his hand absolutely you know absolutely. so this yeah. game could have very easily you know gone against us or they michigan state you know uh completes that throw you know and kicks a field goal and wins by two you know at the end absolutely. there absolutely Tom, tommy armstrong continues to make the same errors that he's made all year which is he is you could pretty much count on the fact that Tommy is going to throw at least two or three footballs a game, uh, you know, uh, with without proper mechanics, and and he's going to throw it up for grabs, and, and so he just doesn't understand or has not been able to to to, to you know get the mental decision making down so that so that he does not make that throw, that he stops himself from doing that and just tucks it and and you know tries to get back to the line of scrimmage or throws it to a, a shorter path, a shorter, you know, receiver or throws it out of bounds. I mean, anything but what he's choosing to do in those situations because he he is very consistently a bad decision maker in that circumstance. You just can't do that if you if you can't put well, your proper mechanics together. It's it's true although I I'm sure how he thinks of it is that, you know, people frequently praise him for the fact that because he's like a running quarterback, he's able to scramble out of the pocket and has thrown some amazing balls, you know, while on the run, you know, mm-hmm. away from his, the, the defenders and all that, you know? So I, I guess he probably feels like the pressure that like every time he, you know, is getting, uh, you know, the, the line of scrimmage is falling apart. He needs to make a play somehow, you know? And like you say, right. you need to know when you're, when that opportunity is in front of you and know when to just toss it out of bounds. Exactly. Well, and, and, and Alex, there's, there's a lot to be said about, about, uh, you know, making the proper mechanics or, or I should say, um, completing, uh, your delivery with proper mechanics, even on the run, there's a proper way to throw the football while you're on the run. Uh, or, and, and the other thing is you got to know whether you can physically do it or not. You know, you've practiced this thing hundreds of times in each case. 
you need to know what you're capable of and what you're not capable of in terms of how strong your arm is, you know, and accurate your arm is. And for him, he needs to know he's got some limitations there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and this just brings me back to, uh, you know, because I know that um, wasn't it both both the AD and the chancellor came out in public over the last week um, saying that they were supporting Riley and the team. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that has happened. There was definitely in the last couple of weeks some, you know, statements of support and and all that. And that's great. But, yeah. you know, again, because I, I just want to you know reiterate that, you know, when you look at our season up to this point, you know, the fact that, you know, we've talked on and on, obviously, about, you know, the issues in our secondary on defense and then the, you know, focus on the passing game with, at the expense of the running game. The offense, you know, has lost us a lot of these games, you know, but the fact that even with that, you know, even with that liability, basically, we've still been in almost every one of our games, you know. I mean, if you had told me that we were going to be minus four in turnovers against Purdue and that we'd only lose by 10 points, I'd probably be a little bit shocked, you know. Right. Like, so when you look at it it, from that kind of perspective, it makes you realize that we are, we we have been close this season, you know, we've just (laughs) been failing the, I mean, the fourth quarter, you know, we've done terrible in the fourth quarter, except against Miami, you know, throughout most of our season, you know, we've kind of fallen apart a little bit at the end and that messes us up, we weren't able to close out, you know. So if if Riley is adjusting with the offense and Langsdorf and stuff, you know, then maybe we're seeing that slow kind of move towards getting over that hump, you know, because if we can get over that hump, we can beat those teams that we lost to by two points and stuff. Uh, you're you're right on, Alex. I, I I agree completely. And so that's what the interesting takes will be as I as I look to the Rutgers game uh, next week is can we put together a, another game with the same level of intensity and, uh, you know, uh, focus as we had in this home game against Michigan State. And and if we can, then I believe we have a reasonably good chance to, to beat Rutgers. And if we do, then, you know, we'll take it, take the next step at that time. But, but, uh, uh, but bottom line is, uh, you know, now the door is back open for us to potentially get the six wins and be eligible for a bowl game. And I will tell you, we'll get a better bowl game than our record of six and six would indicate for both for the, for the reason you just said, uh, a bowl uh, committees uh, who have choices are going to be very enamored with a, a Nebraska team, which number one, it's Nebraska and they always travel well. So our reputation will, will help us. Uh, and then number two, they're going to look at a team and say, okay, this is a team that finished with a three-game winning streak, uh, including 2-0 and against, you know, top 10 competition and uh, um, and is uh, trending in the right way, as well as those close losses. So they're going to justify that this, this, this team is, you know, uh, whatever it was, 13 points and less than a minute away from being a 10-2 and football team. Uh, so we'll go ahead and have them match up with this other opponent who's nine and three or, you know, even eight and four versus, versus us getting a lesser bowl. So, I mean, if we can just get to that six wins, I I think we'll get a pretty decent bowl destination. Yeah. Yeah. If we can pull that off, that would be interesting. Yeah. The, I feel like personally in terms of the Rutgers matchup, I feel like if we 
I mean, if we play the way we're capable of, you know, as we saw in the MSU game, I think we beat Rutgers. Although the fact that, like you say, it is away, you know, we won't have that uh, right. that nice, loud crowd helping us out exactly. might, might be a factor. Well, and Rutgers, it's going to be interesting because Rutgers, you know, their season, their, their record hasn't gone all that great. Uh, but, of course, what happens this week, uh, they get their best player back. You know, their best player didn't play against, you know, Michigan or Ohio State, but, but now he's going to be back in time for us. So that that's one of those things that really always irritates me is you know, people start doing comparative scores and well Rutgers is a very different team when they don't have their best player than than when they do much like we've taken a huge hit by losing the Mornay personnel. Right, oh, for sure. Uh, who is their best player? I did, I didn't His know. His name is Carew. Car- He's a wide receiver, wide receiver, and and fairly widely regarded as is likely the best wide receiver in the entire Big Ten Conference. And he's just a difference maker. Every time he plays, it cho- it seems to totally change the dynamic of uh, Rutgers' offense. You know, And when he the games that he's played this year, they've played really well. The, t- the, the games that he hasn't played, uh, Rutgers seems like a, they just don't have much. You know, Right. Well, we'll have to see. If we're lucky, maybe he's not 100% from his injury yep. and he doesn't play Thanks. his best. Exactly. Um, I guess uh, getting to, um, I mean, any more thoughts about Rutgers, or should we go into predictions? Well, uh, you know, uh, like I was saying, uh, Rutgers is a team that's had very much an up-and-down season, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, what would I say? Um, I mean, this is kind of a... Not, not a must-win scenario, but they—I guess—they're kind of like us going to the MSU game. They don't have a lot of lose, you know. They're three and six, right? So. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, why don't you uh, predict which uh, what you think the score is going to be? Well, uh, I think you know if we can play close to the level that we played against Michigan State, I don't—I don't think we can match that because we're not going to have that intensity of the home crowd which you know uh, by the way after we do this prediction i do want to revisit the the stadium and the environment in lincoln um mm-hmm. before we finish the podcast yep um uh but uh, so i what i'm hoping for is that we're able to carry some of the positive momentum of this forward i i, I don't know the status of our injuries right now so I'm, I'm doing this a little bit blindly, but i i know we're banged up especially at wide receiver but i have a feeling we're we're continuing to to get a little bit healthier each week uh, from a defensive standpoint. So I'm going to predict that uh, defensively uh, we're going to come and, and, and be prepared to have one of our best uh, defensive games. And uh, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to hold Rutgers down. And, and uh, offensively, I think that if Tommy isn't, hasn't re-injured his foot and he gets another you know week healthier uh, with his foot, that Langsdorf is – going to have learned something from this Michigan State game and will run the football or be more committed to, 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 to continually trying to run the football. And so we win this game, and we're going to win it like 35-21. 35-21. All right, I'm going to go with a slightly different prediction. I'm going to predict a high, slightly more um, high-scoring game uh, if the if this wide receiver of theirs, you know, is as good as you're t- talking about, you know, he comes back healthy. You know, I feel like 
uh, our, our secondary might be tough, hard-pressed to uh, cover him completely. Um, so they might score some points on us. So then the key is going to be having us, like you say, you know, using that running game that we showed off in the MSU game and scoring some points on them. So I'm going to go ahead and predict, let's say, a, a 42 to 35 victory. Okay. All right. Well, I sure hope we can get that accomplished, boy. Uh, it'll it'll start to matter when you start stringing victories together. You know, that's what we both thought was going to happen after the Minnesota the game, successful Minnesota game, and 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 that was followed up with two debacle games. So it's going to be interesting to see whether we can sustain anything here. Right. Well, this the, I'd say the diff- biggest difference between the Minnesota game and this one is one we played better in this one and two you know beating michigan state you know a top 10 ranked team is a lot of a bigger deal so i feel like it, if riley can turn the round into spirit for the guys that would definitely help um one one point i wanted to make here too i just remembered it is that um you know because like even us you know we were pretty uh pretty down in the dumps last week, you know, after that, that tough loss and, you know, not not looking like we were going bowling. And so there's not a lot to look forward to in terms of the rest of the season and the postseason and stuff. Um, so it's good on Riley that he was able to, you know, turn that into a positive fighting kind of message for his team, you know, and clearly they came ready to play and weren't, you know, him and Han and thinking about next year, you know, so that, that, that's a good sign for me from Riley's coaching staff, I would say. It, it, it really is. And, and you'd like to think that a victory like this one uh, will lead to, you know, uh, a little bit more closeness, a little bit more buy-in, if you will, from the team and, and the players on the team. So uh, you're hoping that, that all the guys are going to just be a little more attentive in practice this week. And they're really going to say, okay, we can, we can still do something here this season. Because I'll tell you what, like I, like I described, I think that uh, uh, there's a lot of positive momentum that could come out of a uh, you know, three-game winning streak here at the end of the year, both from a, a, just a player standpoint but also a recruiting standpoint and ultimately reaping the benefit of being able to go to a bowl game and getting those extra 10 to 15, 16 practices and just the experience of a bowl game for the players. All those things would be huge. And so right now, you know, our focus needs to be exclusively on beating Rutgers, knowing that we have, we'll have a week and a half to two weeks to prepare for Iowa. So you don't even have to think about Iowa right now. You just focus on Rutgers and doing everything you can to win that game. And then we'll worry about Iowa. You know, so I think it's a little easier because of that distance and all that time you're going to have uh, that, that players won't be, you know, inclined to try to think ahead, you know? Right. I do think that definitely helps. I mean, I'd certainly, I'm certainly glad in terms of looking at this as a possible streak that our bye week comes before the Iowa game because that's the team I'm more concerned about than I am the, you know, Rutgers game, you know. So if we have a bye week, let's definitely have it before we play Iowa, you know, like you say, to get healthy and all that. Right. And uh, right. one thing I want to mention, and you can talk about your thing about the stadium, but um, the there was actually a, uh, a report or uh, I don't know what you would want to say, but uh, something from the, one of the Big Ten officials, uh, 
he commented on the play call, you know, at the end of the game, controversial call, if Riley, you know, stepped out of bounds, was pushed out of bounds, you know, by the receiver. And he basically talked about how in the rules it says that it doesn't matter, like, the amount of contact, it just if contact occurred at all is, right. is the question, That's basically. Right. That is exactly right. It's just about contact. And then uh, also, because it's a judgment call, it's very hard for those to get overturned. So, so basically what the Big Ten Conference is saying is that from a refereeing mechanic standpoint, how they're supposed to go about you know, identifying and, and, and you know, calling a penalty or not in that play, and then how the review process is supposed to proceed, all seem to have happened the way they were supposed to. Now, you can re-watch the, the limited video uh, evidence that we have and easily come to the conclusion that uh, the, there was no contact at all, and, and, but you, you don't have the benefit of every angle to see whether or not yeah. prior to the, 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 the video footage that we have, prior to that happening, that, that this guy didn't. Yeah. I mean, the ref was right give there. Him a little shove. He saw Exactly. Him. Exactly, the ref was right there, and and uh, and uh, the video that we see, uh, there's there's a there's a big angle, what we call the top, uh, the 22 shot from way up high, uh, that's a little bit blurry, and you can't tell whether there's actually contact or not. The one that's from behind, where you would have it, they don't switch to that shot until uh, uh, Riley, Brandon Riley's already out of bounds, so you don't know what happened before that that the player might have just given him a little nudge. And we just didn't see it because we didn't have the benefit of the video footage. And I think it was because of that inconclusive nature that it did not get overturned. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you wanted to talk about the kind of environment at the night game, right? Yes. And the thing the thing was is that, you know, um, what I was hopeful would happen did happen, which was that the, the you know, the, the fans came, you know, ready to go and ready to give the team energy and support early, and it worked because we ended up getting out to a ten-point lead. It was ten to nothing, and that allowed us to stay in the game, even though Michigan State started kind of taking control of things. We were able to stay within striking distance all the way into halftime. So now you got a team going at halftime, believing, hey, we can play with this team. We're right in it. We're right with them. You know that sort of thing. And then we come out in the third quarter. And we immediately moved the ball on them. So it wasn't a situation where Nebraska was getting stuffed. You'll recall last year in the Michigan State game, for the better part of the game, Nebraska couldn't do a damn thing offensively. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like we were getting completely stuffed. and We were on the verge of getting blown out of the building, only to have Michigan State kind of let their foot off the gas and, and gave us a window to get back in it. And then the morning personnel had some putt returns and, voila, we got right back in it last year. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, there's a there's a tradition here now of uh, much like our Northwestern games where it doesn't matter how good either team might be going in. It's just inevitable that the weird things are going to happen and the teams are going to be close. Yeah, for sure. And I know um, we had some friends who live in Michigan who got a, went to the game and they were talking about how uh, – you know, good the Nebraska fans were, and I saw some comments from D'Antonio too, where he was very kind of you know complimenting of Nebraska and Riley, and just saying you know it wasn't because of the call we we made some mistakes, you know we didn't play our best, that's why we lost that kind of thing. Exactly, 
Yeah, and you know he's always been really classy that way. I think. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Well. Uh, thank you out there for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can email us at huskerpete13 at gmail.com. Uh, find us online. We're at um, footballthrowdown.potomatic.com, where you can find us on the Potomatic app. You can leave us comments on that webpage, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us ratings and reviews there. I always like hearing from you guys. And uh, we'll see what the uh, Huskers can do if this is the start of something awesome or not <laughs> right so, exactly but, and i think you know i have a feeling i, I have a, a much better feeling that that there might be something and again i i can be a lot happier with uh, the direction that we're going if we just get a little bit of that running game commitment that i saw in this game if i see that kind of uh, performance and effort uh then i think uh good things are going to happen for the for the football team that's right all right and we're going to be doing a podcast on Tuesday for the national discussion when the new uh, rankings come out. There's a lot, lot to talk about this week. Some crazy, yeah, crazy games. absolutely. <laughs> there really were. It's a great time to be college football. November is going to be awesome. That's right. All right. So forever and always, go big red. Go big red. Go big red.